authors get tools and tricks and tips, things, th different ways to think about things and just really expose them to know that they're not alone. I mean, what you said was exactly why I did this because when I, for, when I left my prior employer and I started looking for full time and I, I'm a glutton for startups, I just love it. I'm just, I love building. Uh, so <laughs> I don't know. I'm a workaholic, I guess you could say with that fashion, but um, I started having interviews with Welcome everyone to today's Scaling with People podcast. I'm going to recur your host, and I'm excited to have Ashley Eisenberg here as my guest. And we're going to be talking about revenue strategy as well as payments. Ashley, welcome. Tell me a bit about yourself. Oh, it's great to be here. Um, always great to hang out with a fellow chief also. So thank you for having me today. Absolutely. Um, so Ashley Eisenberg, uh, I personally have spent probably the last 20 years of my career in financial services and payments specifically for probably the last 15. Um, so I've spent a lot of time, whether that's enabling merchants to accept payments from restaurants, small businesses, all the way up to what I've really spent the last seven years doing is working with SaaS companies, ISVs, e-com companies that are looking to offer payments as a part of their solution. Um, so I've spent a ton of time with companies just figuring out the whole fintech world, what that means, everything from compliance uh, to, you know, um, go to market, user experience, different payment methods. And so that's really where I've spent my time the last 20 so years. Wow. Uh, well, I don't know much about the payment side of the house. I'd love to kind of dive into that and Maybe get just like a, what is that? I mean, obviously I want to get paid by my clients. People want to get paid by their customers, but what does it really mean in regards to like behind the scenes managing and processing it? Yeah. So it's, it's kind of a fascinating space I started my early career in financial services, which was really just more moving money between folks accounts, right? Typically over ACH or via check. Um, and I consulted for a company in 2011 that was a reseller of payments. And I had no idea similar to most of the listeners right now, what that meant. And so there's this whole ecosystem on how banks and what we call processors enable kind of the card networks, right? So we'll keep payments simple to the card network. There's many different forms of alternative payments now um, from crypto to wallets to, you know, obviously ACH and other terms of commerce we see every day. And so payments is really the ability for banks to allow any merchant. So that's, uh, C-Store down the street, that's Amazon when you purchase something online, that's anybody who accepts payments for goods and services, how they enable them to do that. And traditionally, this was kind of a boring space. Nobody ever figured out what I did. They couldn't understand the layers and the hierarchy behind it all. Um, and basically, I think people thought I just sold credit card terminals out of the back of my car. Um, <laughs> For the longest time, but what payments has really become is very different now. Um, payments is part of everybody's user experience. Anytime that you interact with a platform, anytime that you buy something online, you go to a restaurant, it becomes part of your customer experience. And because of that, we're seeing kind of the point of enablement in payments in fintech in general change. Um, a lot of software companies are creating it as part of their product. And so really simple example of that, if you've ever gone to a restaurant and Toast was oh, yeah. the POS system, right? Little handheld POS system. Mm -hmm. How Toast worked when they originally came out is they were just a SaaS company. So they sold 
a POS machine, a point of sale system to a restaurant that managed inventory and how to set up your, your uh, seating and handled all of those basic things that a restaurant, well, I shouldn't say basic, but complicated things that a restaurant needs. And then the restaurant owner would have to call an independent sales office or somebody else out there and say, I want credit cards also. And so those two companies would have to integrate and let's say that machine didn't work one day, created this very ping pong effect within the payments ecosystem. So then the restaurant owner is calling Toast, they're also calling a payments company. Um, and so now what you see today is Toast as a SaaS company has now embedded payments. And so it's a lot of where you're seeing the shift in payments today. They're the provider of payments also. Um, what that's really done is allowed them to monetize the payments also. So something that would typically be a cost center or a pain point for a SaaS company like Toast is now something that's actually, I think, responsible for about 97% of their revenue. Wow. Um, so it's like a really fascinating transition that's happened. And I've spent about the last seven years at companies like Phoenix and Payrix leading revenue in those organizations and helping those software companies figure out how to bring that payment ecosystem into their software. Wow. Okay. That helps a little bit. That I appreciate that. Hopefully that helps the listeners too, who might not have known. I, you, I think you took something very complicated and helped make it first grade for us to understand. Oh, it's a very complicated <laughs> space. So yeah, for sure. So <clears throat> tell me audiences are, you know, startup CEOs, uh, founders, and, you know, typically anywhere between themselves only to 50, hundred, maybe more employees you know, maybe a couple hundred thousand a year to a couple million, maybe even more. What in the life cycle would a company consider bringing on a payment structure? Yeah, I think it's, it can happen at any structure. So, so a little bit of what I'm doing now, um, I've spent probably about the last four or five months um, doing what I call fractional chief payments officer work. So there is this whole new ecosystem of enablement happening within SaaS companies and ISVs. They may start that process of thinking about embedding payments or any type of financial service. Issuing is another one. So actually issuing credit cards. Um, disbursements is another one we talk about. So if you think about um, your Venmo experience where funds are moving from account to account, the ability to do that. Any company thinking about that can think about it at different stages, right? By the time Toast thought about it, they were probably a very large company. I'd have to go look at when they did it, right? But they were already a known name within the restaurant industry. I also work with customers today that are seed round startups. But embedding payments and monetizing that is a huge part of their go-to-market strategy. Um, it's a part of their revenue strategy, also part of their customer acquisition strategy, and more importantly, the customer experience, because it's a very sticky product. And if you don't manage it right, it can actually be the downfall of your solution. Mm. And so there's companies that are starting to look at it when they've got seven employees, 20 employees, and hiring somebody on full-time or bringing in a, a, a large consulting firm can also often be really expensive for them. So I kind of work with them on a fractional basis. It gives, me, gives them 10, 20 hours, however much they need. It gives me an opportunity to get integrated with the team and work with the team and help them advise on vendor selection, pricing strategy, go to market, kind of overcoming those objections in the sales process, um, identifying who their target ideal customer profile really is. 
um, as they kind of bring these different financial technology or financial services into their product. And they're kind of primed for it. They're, they are the future uh, and this will become a more common full-time position. I just don't think there's enough, um, there's not enough subject matter expertise or experts out there in this space. And so I think right now fractional is a good way to start to overcome that and while you're trying to find the right people. Yeah. So do you find that this is primarily for companies who are B2C or do B2B companies also what should consider this? So I think there's B2C and B2B on payments in general. And where I spend my time is in this embedded space, which I actually say is B2B2B and B2B2C, right? Okay. Because yeah. it's a business selling to a business selling to a business or a customer. I actually think B2B2B is more exciting right now. Um, it is a, a greatly under-digitalized space. Uh, not a lot of people think it's the cool, fun place to spend your time. Everybody's focused on B2B2C, which was necessary. Um, but I think we'll see most of the innovation in payments happen in B2B2B over the next kind of 10 years. Done a lot in B2B2C. Um, and what you'll see in the kind of B2B2C space is more different forms of payment, ways to move money. Um, we're very behind the times from the rest of the world. We're actually an area where, where the U.S. is very underdeveloped because our payments ecosystem is so fractured um, is in different alternative ways of moving money. So most of it's B2B2C, but yeah. 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 Cause I think about it from like some of my past and current and hopefully future clients out there, like, you know, when, when they're thinking about what they're doing, how, how do you see a CEO thinking about this as a strategy and, and what are some of the things that they should be thinking about before they would say, yeah, let me bring in Ashley or let me bring in a consultant or let me hire a full-time, whatever it might be. What are some of the things that they should consider as is this the right fit for my company and where I want to go? Yeah. So you really have to start with the user experience and the monetization, right? Is there another provider in that funds flow or chain that is going to offer payments to your customers or do they genuinely need it, right? I'm, I am a big believer that building because you think your customers need it is not um, is never a strategy, right? Customers are going to ask for this. It's going to be a known block or break in the in this in the customer life cycle. So, for example, one thing that a lot of customers see is that when they're working with a third party to handle payments and it's not integrated into their solution, it may take two weeks, three weeks, sometimes a couple days for them to get approved for payments. But if your solution has a 30 minute onboarding time and payments is now taking two to three days, right? That is going to greatly disrupt that onboarding and may cause abandonment with your customers, right? So customer experience is part of it. Is, is there a more seamless customer experience both from onboarding the customer, obtaining them and supporting them and growing them? But then there's also the monetization, right? Is there value um, or money being left on the table? And a customer I worked with years ago that partnered for their payment strategy, they actually had $6 billion 
of processing volume annually going through their platform. And by the time they embedded that, brought payments in-house, they were seeing about 40 to 80 basis points per transaction in wow. revenue. And it's a significant amount of money left on the table. So not only did they enhance the customer experience, make their product stickier, they also were able to then monetize and create a whole new revenue stream. Now, for them, the right time was after they started processing 6 million. They were a very significant company, have been in the market for 20, 30 years. Um, and so the time for them came when customers were walking away, right? Mm -hmm. And that's yeah. when they started to recognize and started to do the research. And in the research, they understood and learned about monetization uh, and identified it could be a whole new revenue stream. So, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So um, thinking through like founders, like, okay, I think this is the right fit. I think that this would be a great revenue stream for me. It's a great customer experience for my ideal customer, whether that's B2B, B2B2B, B2B2C, B2C, whatever it is, all the B's and C's in there mixed in. Uh, what does it look like in regards to you starting to work with them? What What are some of the things that a founder or CEO would be uh, needing to kind of think about to bring to you and say, here, this come my strategy or my thoughts. What's the next step in, in getting this to life? I think the first thing that I, I, I receive phone calls on is kind of earlier, right? They may have an idea that they need to do this. So they're coming to me and saying, can you help with vendor selection? Um, can you help us identify if we need to build or buy, right? That's a huge question at any software company. We've got the engineers. Mm -hmm. Can we build this? Yeah. That's for us to buy it, right? And what they start to uncover in that build versus buy uh, review is the, the payments is a regulatory business, right? And so then you start right. to get compliance and the regulatory risk, right? So a lot of what they come to me for is help us understand who the players are right? For the things and the types of money movement that we're trying to enable. Then it's help us understand if we build or buy this and what risk exposure we have uh, with each provider. The second reason that I get the phone call is we chose to build or we chose to buy. We've brought this in-house. We were expecting 70% of our customer base to adopt payments during the onboarding process. And we're only seeing 20%. Mm. Can you come in, take a look at our go-to-market strategy, take a look at our ICP, help us understand their, their ideal customer profile, help us understand if we're targeting the right customers, if we're selling it the right way, how are we positioning the value proposition? And then the last way is overall revenue health, right? What are the, what are the metrics, the revenue metrics? Can you look at our providers? Can you look at how we're spending? What's the P&L and the health of this? Um, and where can we maybe save some money or where can we maybe increase or monetize more through different pricing strategies? Yeah, that makes complete sense. It's a lot to do and a lot to consume while you are also building whatever your business is, right? Exactly. You're kind of adding on like another very thick layer, which is, could be very, uh, lucrative, right? <laughs> For your business. Uh, so how do you see when you're working with your customers, how do you see the CEO founder be able to get this, in, get this implemented, but still be focusing on the main core of what their business is? 
I see two things. One, it gives them a resource, right? I mean, I think you and I have talked about this many times. Um, it's lonely at the top. Um, <laughs> Very, yeah. And so it just gives them a resource, right? Some of the customers I work with, it's purely advisory. I may only work with the CEO or with the executive team. And it's just for them to come and gut check what they're working on. The other way that they're going to work is, can you take some of this, right, off of my plate? Can you work with the team directly? Can you come back to me and make some suggestions? Um, and a lot of it is just creating that uh, expertise and knowledge within the leadership team, right? A lot of times you're you're asking folks who may not have done this, right? You might be a product in product management and product development, but you've never touched payments before. And so you're coming to your leadership team with this big idea and they've got to go through and gut check it. So they're really just looking for that resource and they're looking for that guidance. And sometimes it doesn't have to be somebody that you spend a lot of money to sit on your executive team, especially when the product's not revenue positive yet. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So what have you seen in regards to, uh, oops, you went the wrong way or some mistakes that, you know, lessons learned that you could share here for people who are thinking about doing this in the future, but maybe if they can learn from you, they won't do this big mistake you see people doing. Yeah. I think the biggest thing is ask for help. Um, don't make these decisions within a silo within your organization. There is a lot of wonderful consultants out there. I work with a lot of them. Consultants are great to give you kind of an outside perspective. My goal in a fractional role is to get more integrated into the culture of the organization and on the day-to-day. -day. And so it just gives a different perspective. There's tons of consultants out there, a lot of fractional work and a lot of resources. A lot of the mistakes I see is the wrong vendor selection. It's extremely expensive to migrate vendors in this space. Um, and so that's probably the place. The other mistake that I see is building too soon. Um, mm -hmm. there is certain times where I've seen customers build anywhere from three to $4 million worth of tech before they even know if the value is truly there before they've even figured out the customer experience, the user experience and everything else that comes. It's a ton of providers out there that can help you step into that without having to spend that much money on, on development in the beginning. Yeah, that makes sense. Curious about the selection of vendors. What's been the biggest cause from your perspective of, oh, you, you selected the wrong vendor because of what have you seen? Maybe it's, maybe it's too unique. I'm just curious, like, you know. I think I've actually seen the trend more now sitting on the other side of the table and advising companies from within than I would have been able to tell you even five, six months ago. No payments provider can serve every vertical or every horizontal like in the industry very well, right? Payments is super horizontal. You touch all of these different verticals. Nobody can be perfect at all of them. When you're embedding this into your user experience, it's becoming a component of your product. You need a payments provider that is going to focus on the vertical that your business is in. That verticalization is causing huge gaps. And then you're with the wrong partner they may not focus on B2B. They may only focus on B2C. And so that product roadmap is not going to fit the needs of your organization and the types of functions that your, your features that your customers are asking for. Wow. That's really huge. So that's the biggest one. And I think we'll start to see hopefully some payments companies take a little bit more of a vertical stance as they start to grow. 
Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, thinking of all the different vendors I interact from on an HR perspective, there's no perfect HRS payroll PEO per EOR provider, right? Like it's, it's when I talk to my clients, it's always about what is your needs versus your wants. And let's make sure we get you the tool that's going to be best fitted for you and your business and where you're going. So that makes sense. That's exactly what you would do with a different vendor, uh, this case payments. Well, uh, wrapping up, any last final thoughts or advice you'd like to give out to those CEOs and, and founders of uh, startup companies? No, just you're not alone, fractional. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, not to not to you know support both of us here, but <laughs> in the rest of it, the crew uh, and the fractional chiefs team. But fractional work is becoming more prevalent right now, and I think there is opportunities to bring different types of expertise to the table without having to to bring someone on full time. Yeah, and I like to just reiterate. I think the biggest thing I see that founders fall into is I can do it myself, or I know how to do it all. And no one can do it all. Just like a vendor can't do it all, a human being can't do it all. And you aren't alone. And there are people out there that are subject matter experts that can give you different points of views and the support you need so you can focus on what's important and what you need to be focusing on with your time. At any first time founder, right? The hardest thing to do is figure out when you give something up and when you share the pain. And yeah. share the pain. Your team wants to know if it's not working. You don't have to take it all on yourself. Yeah, I know I made so that true. mistake as a first time founder for sure. <laughs> well, thanks, Ashley. It was great having you on the call. And I hope everyone got a little bit of information out of today's call. I know I learned a lot, never really been involved on the payment side. So I appreciate kind of pulling back that curtain and learning a little bit more. Yeah. Ho hope everyone has a great day. Thank you.